Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited for you to join us today. To find out more about us, visit highway.com.au. Okay, great to be here with you today. What an honour and a privilege it is. And uh, thank you, Ka, Pastor Byron. Thank you so much. My wife, Julia, is with Pastor Ann at... Yeah, the other place. Okay, and... Um, and so they'll be having fun up there. It's my great honour and privilege to be with you here this morning. And uh, thank you for giving me a big hand clap and welcoming me up here. I always get annoyed by that because I think we should be giving more excitement to Jesus. But anyway, um, um, it is a great honour to be here. And uh, I think you must have planted this church about 25 years ago. And I was here at the very first service. And uh, that was an honour and a privilege, and it's still a great honour and a privilege to serve these guys today, and uh, to be part of, I feel like I'm a part of Highway Church, to be honest with you. When you're there right at the planting thing, you feel like you're a part of it. And let's face it, life is kind of about the long haul, isn't it? Okay, I was wondering about that for a minute. It's always about the long haul. Life is about the long haul. It's about what you do. It's about um, sticking with it. It's stickability. It's pressing on. It's holding on. It's actually about this book called the Bible. And uh, you will go through hell and high water in life. Some of you here, I would dare to uh, uh, just move on and, and assume that everybody here is having a great day and everything's going fine. Because we do go through battles and we do face walls and that's why we're singing great songs like we're singing this morning, that he's with us, our praise breaks down walls. No. We're in church and uh, our praise does break. I think sometimes we sing the words without realising the power of what we're actually singing and uh, I have had to through my life come to a place of total, complete trust in God. Trusting God, not just knowing God, but trusting God. And so I stand here today just, I'd hate to think I'm just a visiting speaker like um, K.A. just said, I'm a friend of this family and part of this. But all the same, um, I have had to learn to trust God through, some of you have heard my testimony, some haven't but through the darkest hours of being paralysed from the neck down and uh, losing your faith in God and rising up again and standing here today before you waving limbs around and incredibly grateful to God for his incredible miraculous power. Only soon after that to um, have the tragedy of my eldest son being tragically killed on the way home from work one day uh, at the age of 30, uh, leaving behind a little three-year-old girl and, um, and his wife, which incidentally, we, it was the anniversary of that just this week. And uh, just thinking about that, how so many struggle with grief. And grief can happen in many ways because we're struggling with grief in many issues. We can lose a job, we can lose a friend, we can have a relationship, a marriage, whatever, break up. But grief is a real battle, and I want to say to you today that through it all, through it all, Jesus Christ is still the answer. And that is why I love the Word of God, and that is why just to outline my whole life here today, I love the Word of God and I love Jesus. 
And, uh, and I love, here's the third thing, I love the local church. Okay, this is a local church, and I love the local church. The local church is still the most powerful, radical um, movement on earth. The local church, which you're a part of today, you're in it, whether you belong to it or not, I don't know, but you're in it today, and, and it's a privilege to be here with you. If you're visiting, it's my honor to be here with you. But the local church is the salvation of the world. Because Jesus Christ said, this is my, on this rock, I will put that, can we put that verse up? Just that one verse I'm going to give you today. Um, and Jesus said to Peter, you are, here it is, and I tell you, Peter, that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not overcome it. Yeehaw! That's the church, guys. That's the church. That's what we're talking about. It's never going to be about the next message. It's always about the church of the living God. And uh, it's about Christ in me, the hope of glory. And it's about, hey, I want to be a part. See, they, they've done some surveys recently, and they say, out of all the good endeavors that people do, the good works that happen around the world, the, on the planet right now, helping the poor, feeding and and ministering to people, still the one greatest thing on the planet today is the local church meeting on a Sunday morning. Yeah, still the greatest thing. Out of all the other things that we do, and, and I'm right into let's, let's help everybody, let's love people, let's help them, let's assist, let's feed the poor, care for the sick and the hungry, but still the greatest thing, because in a church like this, you can get your heart healed, in a Sunday morning service like this, your heart can be healed. You can have a connection with God, an encounter with God, which is even the most powerful thing on the planet. Most powerful thing on the planet. My, my whole life is about encountering the living God. Moses said, he said, God, here, here's the promised land. We've all got promises in front of us. Moses said, I don't, the promises mean nothing to me, God, if you're not coming with me. And, and the reality is Moses had an encounter with God at the burning bush. And it was an incredible moment in his life that was never, ever forgotten. I, want to, I, I am a God encounter man, and I want to consistently go after God. Never get there, never arrive, always be hungry for the goodness of God in your life. And I think the local church and a Sunday morning like this is the greatest man. Lives are mended, bodies are healed across the planet right now. I think it was in... in, in I can't remember the year now, but in 19, I think it was 28 or something, when the communism shut out the church in China, and everybody said the church will not survive. The church was closed, shut down in China. When they went back 50 years later and they went back into China, I think there were 50 million Christians that came out and said, hey, we're part of the local church and we're following Jesus. Yeehaw! You cannot, the local church... No matter how bad it may look at times, how many mistakes it makes, it's still the local church is the answer to the world because Jesus said, on this rock, I'll build my church. And it's all about what we can encounter God and experience the love of God in a meeting just like that. I love you. Why don't you stand with me? We're going to pray before I give you a bit of a word this morning. And uh, let's believe God to touch lives here. Father, I thank you right now that you are the ever-flowing love, that you are the power, that you are our answer to every situation. I pray right across this building this morning, Lord God, that you would touch every life, that every single person here would encounter you and experience as you 
walk by them, as you touch them this morning, as you drop a thought in their heart, as you heal that broken heart. Lord God, that broken heart this morning. I pray that right now, God, that you would touch that person with a broken heart. That person who's been through grief this week, God, that you would bring healing to them here today, that they would, God, encounter you, God, in the midst of their pain and suffering that they would have a God encounter here this morning. Lord, for that person that's here today, God, that has no understanding or concept of your incredible love, I pray that today, God, you would reveal your love in this building and that we would walk out of here knowing that if God be for us, who can be against us? God, that this morning would be a life-changing event in our lives, in our families, in our homes, in our future. And in Jesus' name, Father, we thank you right now that we serve a risen, mighty, glorious powerful God. Amen. Oh yeah. Give God all the praise. Excuse me, ma'am, before you sit down with the nice leopard color dress on, your name? Sorry? Catherine? Catherine, just as I stand there right now, Catherine, God says to you, get ready for what God's birthed in your spirit. He says that out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. The power of God's word is going to flow out of you. It's going to touch lives. It's going to affect lives. And God's awakening you this morning. As may I just say, God wants to awaken his whole church. But I believe that God is going to awaken you this morning to see what's around you. And you're going to see it more clearly than you ever saw it before. And you're going to be the answer to broken situations and bring hope. In Jesus' name. Amen. Go for it, Catherine. Jesus' name. Okay, you can sit down and uh, want to just say this morning that I am a faith-filled believer. I believe that there are many obstacles in life. We can get, if you're not careful, you get distracted. If you're not careful. But God is a living river that flows through us, okay? So I want you to catch the flow this morning. God wants us to be in the flow. God doesn't want us to ever be stagnant. Stagnant water would be the worst thing you can get around, okay? You never want to drink stagnant water. You never want to hang around. Jesus said, out of you will flow. There's going to be a flow out of you, okay? And I would say this morning, if you're not living in the flow, then it's time to say, God, I want you to stir me up a little bit. I want you to rattle a few things and shake me a little bit so that I begin to be fresh and flowing and flourishing. That's God's answer, because the church is God's answer to the world. And my title this message is, You the Church. You the Church. If you want to write something down, just write down, I am the church, or you the church. Because I think sometimes we look at the building or we look at the organization, but God says, I want you to lift your eyes a little higher, and I want you to realize there's a whole hurting world out there that is looking for someone to turn up who is like Peter we just talked about. You are Peter, or put your name there, and on this rock I will build my church. So God wants to build his church on normal people, ordinary people, just people that are happening in life, okay? And so wherever you turn up, This is how it should be. Whenever we turn up, kind of the church turns up. Like when we show up, I I was in a cafe a little while ago, not that long ago, actually a couple of months ago, I went to a cafe in in the beautiful beach lands of, um, trying to think of the name of it, even as I speak, just outside of San Diego, La Jolla Beach. La Jolla Beach is a bit of a favorite spot of mine. I like La Jolla Beach. And so I was meant to be preaching in San Diego, and on my way there, I dropped into La Jolla Beach, drove myself down instead of uh, other ways, and uh, dropped into La Jolla Beach and went into a little cafe. And, um, 
And so I was just sitting there having a coffee, actually, which is a cool thing to do. And uh, as I was sitting there at a coffee, the girl came and served me, and she had a, a, um, a brace on her wrist. And so you, the church, is in the cafe. And uh, so while she's serving me, I just said to her, oh, what's the problem with your arm? Just normal discussion, really, normal discussion. We're, we're meant to be uh, like ordinary people, not freaky people, not weird people, just ordinary people. And uh, so uh, what's the problem with your arm? And she said, actually, um, I've damaged the tendons in my arm and they're in a lot of pain, so I'm wearing this brace because I can't carry the cups and saucers and plates and things. And so I said to her, well, you're lucky I'm here today. And so instead of saying something weird, just say, you're lucky I'm here today, all right? And, uh, <laughs> and she said, why is that? I said, because I take pain away which will make anybody wake up. I take pain away. And so she's like, oh, man, how do you do that? And I said, it's real simple, actually. It's, I said, I'm pretty connected with God, and when I pray for people, their pain disappears. <laughs> so she said, well, that will be cool. And I said, is it okay then if I pray for you? And I prayed for her, and her pain disappeared, which should never be a surprise to us. And so her pain disappeared. Then she said, look, do you mind if I go get the chef out the back? He's got a back problem. <laughs> and, uh, and I could bring him out to you too. Because he's been in a lot of pain and moaning about his pain. So she brings him out. And uh, then we end up taking his pain away. And uh, all in the name of Jesus. And we end up having a revival in the cafe at La Jolla. Um, she says to me, Man, I, I want to I wanna be around you. How can I get around you? And I said, well, you can. It's easy. Just come where I'm preaching tonight, and you can experience a bit of this. And she came to the meeting and got saved, set free, and radically transformed by the church. So the interesting thing about that is the church is not where we were going. The church is you turning up in the moment. And I'm right into this. Like, this is not just a message today. This is my life message on evangelism, okay? So the church is you turning up, wherever you turn up, bringing the love, the grace, and the mercy of God. So let's talk about that a little bit uh, this morning because I believe that the greatest discovery that we can ever make on this planet is that God's life-changing power can shift us to know who we are and whose we are, and we can live a life that's bigger than normal and affect the whole world. How many in Isaiah chapter six it says it says God turned up in the temple. Okay, you know that in Isaiah chapter six without turning there, we haven't got time to turn there. In Isaiah chapter six it just says God turned up in the temple, and it says the train of his robe, whatever that's like a wedding dress, I gather, the back part of the robe, the tail on your Armani suit or whatever. But just the tail on the suit filled the entire temple. That's a big God. Now, I think some of us have a small God who has no power, and we miss out on what God wants to do in our lives and through our lives. But God's a big God, and he wants to fill the place up with his glory wherever we turn up. 
And I think it's not hard to do that. It's just loving God. It's just surrendering your life to God. It's, it's, it's laying down your life because God's called every single one of us. There's not one of us here today, regardless of your situation or your background, that isn't called by God. So we're all called by God. It's just like God. As, as I say, here I am, Lord, send me. Here I am, Lord, send me. And God had to touch his tongue with the, with the hot coals, which is good because burn off some of the, the language that we've been speaking because we very easily catch the culture of our time. Even in the local church, we catch the culture of the time, which is like, yeah, well, church is sort of an add-on to my Christianity. Turn up if I want to. Um, once a month will do, that sort of mindset, you know. And God needs to touch us sometime and burn off the culture. I want a revival in our, in our watch. On our watch, I want to see a revival. There's a whole generation out there that's in terrible agony, pain, loss, and no hope that we can bring hope to them in Jesus' name. And, and we're supposed to carry hope in our lives. And, and I would believe that if we can allow God to touch us in that way, that God can burn out some of the dross out of our lives and let us catch fire again with the anointing of the Holy Spirit. That's what the book of Acts was all about, that God would send his spirit. The last message Jesus ever preached on earth, go wait in the upper room and power will come on you from on high. You wouldn't believe how many churches I go to, they've got no power anymore. Like zero power. We're just having services that are just, let's hear another nice message. Let's just go out and do what we want to do. In fact, I was sitting in a conference the other day, and we go to way too, I think we go to way too many conferences. Um, I, I, well, here's how I would put it, okay? Conferences are good, and church is good too. Most people get disillusioned with church because they don't put it into action. It's called life, actually. We take notes. Well, I don't see too many people taking notes. Maybe we haven't said anything yet. And... Uh, and, uh, but we take notes and we write those notes down. I, I wonder sometimes people ever look at the notes. Like, do we ever look at, I was in this conference and, uh, and uh, sitting there and there's lots of pastors and Christians around me. And one guy talked to me in the break and he told, this is after hearing a good message, told me how depressed he was as a pastor. Like, this is at a, at a, at a God conference, Okay. Now, the All Blacks hadn't even lost at that stage, and he's, he's depressed, in the, and he's telling me, man, I just don't know, he said, um, it just doesn't seem to be working for me anymore, and I'm just so depressed now, and I'm struggling to get a message for Sunday, and uh, all this sort of stuff, and he was going on about that. And I was thinking, man, in fact, if you hang around that long enough, you get depressed too. You know, they become like psychic vampires and suck the juice out of you. And so I was thinking, man, alive, we're sitting in a, like a Holy Spirit conference. Got to admit, there wasn't a lot of the Holy Spirit happening, maybe the problem. And uh, then I was sitting there, I was saying, God, what the heck? People in this meeting to pray. And, God, and, and I just heard him as clear as a bell, go sell your car. <laughs> like, that's a weird message to get when you're in a conference, go sell your car. And so I thought, well, let's go do that. So I said to Julia, who was sitting next to me, see you later, baby. I've had enough of this. I'm going to go sell my car. And so she's like, what the heck? And so I went out to sell my car and because I'd been advertising it and I'd been so busy I hadn't had time to sell it. Anybody been in that realm? Like you're so busy, people want to buy your car, but they can't buy it because you can't turn up with the car. And uh, so anyway, in the middle of the conference, God says, go sell your car. So I walked out of the conference, um, hopped in, um, the car and 
phoned up and because one person who'd been interested like a week ago had lost interest and I said, I'm coming to bring the car. And she then said to me, well, it's too late now. She said, I was going to come to look at the car, but now you've got to bring it to me. So I had to drive right over the other side of the city and I get to the other side of the city. My life had been so busy, I hadn't had time to get a roadworthy or any of that sort of stuff. I just turned up with the car. She came out. She was a, a Singaporean, a young Singaporean woman about 25, and she came out and she walked around the car and she kicked the wheels a few times and looked like she knew what she was doing, opened and closed the doors, opened the bonnet and had a look in there, and she said, I'll take it. And uh, then she said, I hope you got that roadworthy and stuff I told you to get. And I said, well, look, I'm very sorry, and we never got that far. And she said, well, what are you going to do about that? And uh, anyway, she, I said, well, I could go and get it for you now, and would you like to come with me? Because it's over the other side of the city. We've got to go to my man who fixes this. We drove to the other side, and as I'm driving down the road, God gave me a word for her. She's sitting in a passenger seat. God gives me a word and says, you are a woman of faith. You're going to go a long way in business, and God's going to totally cause you to be a very financially effective woman in this planet. And, and she's like, did you try to sell the car so you could tell me that? And, uh, and I said, no, no, God just told me that now as we're driving down the road. And so this is just the church showing up in real life, okay? And so she then said, and then she says, man, what makes you tick? And so I just started telling her about my testimony, about how God's been amazing to me and uh, how I love Jesus and how his power floods through. And she says, yeah, well, I've got to admit, you're the most positive, unbelievable person I've met in New Zealand. And so she says, in fact, my boyfriend's flying in, the, in from Singapore into the airport today. Would you mind going and picking him up? He needs to hear this too. So, so this is better than listening to some depressed stuff in a conference. And so I then turn around, drive totally out of my way, go all the way to the airport, pick up her boyfriend, who, who she thinks needs to hear what I've got to say. So I end up sharing the same. She's, tell him, tell him, this guy's got something you need to hear. Like, like it's full on. And we drive all the way. Then I go to get the roadworthy. They tell me at the roadworthy, we've, we've pretty much preached the gospel all the way. In just a friendly, just discussional way, we get there and uh, these people have had nothing to do with church all their life. They've never been to church. They've never experienced. They've never. And she's saying things like me. I can feel God in this car. Like, so God's in the car. And uh, then we get, we're getting the, the road where he says, you've got to get two new tires. And uh, so he said, why don't you take these people to go have a coffee while I'm putting the two new tires on? He's putting the two new tires. I sit down in the cafe and uh, the guy says to me, I've never met anybody like you in my life. He says, like, are you telling me I flew all the way from Singapore just to meet you because God's got a plan for my life? And right there in the cafe, they both out loud publicly received Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior in the cafe. <laughs> Praise God. You, the church. It's like, it's like, how hard was that? It wasn't even hard. The worst part about that whole experience is while I'm praying the Lord's prayer with them, which some of us are just, I think we just go by rhyme, what we learned and whatever. This is how the Lord's Prayer goes. Instead of listening to the voice of God and catching His Spirit. The greatest key in my life of being the church is listening and knowing the voice of God. That's the greatest key. So while I'm praying the sinner's prayer with them, the Holy Spirit says to me, give them the car. And so that made it very, very difficult to finish the prayer. Because <laughs> you're like, you're having an argument with the Holy Spirit. 
are you kidding me? We're just buying two new tires for it. I would have given them the car before we brought the two tires, but not now. And I'd spent quite a bit of money on the car. And so I was having this argument with God while we're praying the prayer. And then so I, I thought, well, there's no way I'm going to tell them I'm giving them the car. And so after that, we go get the car. It's all good. We go to get uh, whatever. Get, oh, that's right. We had to get uh, the money out of the bank. They wanted to get the money out of the bank. So they said, please drive us to the bank. We're going to withdraw cash for the car. And they went to the bank and they So I wasn't going to stop them. Like, cash? How good could it begin to sound? And uh, so they go to the bank. They, she comes back with this wad of cash that she puts in her purse because we're going to go home and I'm going to get out of the car and they're going to take off and give me the money. As we're driving home, I've heard this argument all the way with the Holy Spirit, you know. Really? Really? And uh, I've spent so much on this car. Get home, get out of the car, and she comes up. We both hop out, and she pulls the money out, and she hands me this wad of cash. And right then, how many know that right then is where the true test comes? When you're holding it in your hand, you've got the Holy Spirit like, didn't I just tell you to give it away? What are you doing with that in your hand? Now, unfortunately, we can get a very hard heart toward the things of God when we start disobeying the Holy Spirit. And before you know it, we're not really believing in church any longer. We're not really believing in the Bible any longer. We're, and things go crazy when you start disobeying God. So right there, I'm like, yeah, well, I said, here's what we're going to do. I said, just for today because it's such an amazing day in your guys' lives, and you've given your life to Christ, and this is exciting. I'm going to give you all the money back. And she bursts into tears, and off they go. And I continue to moan to God <laughs> on how much this has cost me. So then I thought, well, let's go back to the conference. How bad could it get? And uh, so I go back to the conference, I walk in the front door of the conference, just like walking in this chair. As I'm walking in, a guy comes up to me who I don't know from Adam. I, don't, I just don't know this dude. Anyway, he comes up to me, and he's like, Pastor Don McDonnell, what a privilege. This is, I've been away from the conference like for five hours. I mean, I've just turned back. This guy walks up to me, and he says, in the last session I was in, God spoke to me about you. And he said, I had to come and give this to you. And he pulls an envelope out of his pocket and he hands me the envelope. And he said, I met you on an aeroplane when I was 21 years old and I was going to take my own life that day because life had got so bad. And he said, you sat beside me and shared what you said was your miracle with me. And he said, it so challenged my life. When I got off that plane, I went to church and gave my life to Jesus. And he said, today I'm alive born again and God told me I better thank you so here's a thank you and it was the exact amount this is God 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 is not like hovering out there God's not like waiting to try and see how it works out God's already one step ahead of you he's just waiting for us to step in faith and believe that he's with us and we can bring Jesus to the whole world and I, and I want to challenge you this morning, in the few minutes I've got left, I want to challenge you, let's never be people that hold back the goodness of God. I brought this along today because I believe, I just believe, you know, sometimes we miss our God shape. We miss our God shape. We misunderstand who we are in Christ. And so we're trying to be, like, don't ever try to be me. That won't work for you. I'm sort of crazy. It's like you can't be like me. 
you've got to live right on the edge to be like me. But you can be who you are, and you can be the best example of that in the world. And if God said to a guy like Peter who had messed up, I mean, mate, talk about messed up, chopped people's ears off, done everything wrong, and yet God says to this guy, Peter, on your life, I'm going to build the church. It's like a rock. So I want to say to everybody here that God wants to build the church on your life, on your experiences, on your stories, on your brokenness, on your pain, because sometimes it's the very brokenness in our lives that God uses to birth incredible hope in people. Because people look at you and they say, man, if you could get through that, and they're, sometimes they're looking at me and thinking, he's not that clever. If he can get through that, anybody can. And I think sometimes we need to understand that we are an instrument in the hands of God. Never let it get stagnant. Always let a flow be happening in our lives because when there's a flow, see the Dead Sea is dead because it has no outlet. There's no outlet. If we allow God to flow into our lives and then out of our lives, see we all want God, touch me now. Pentecostals are the worst people in the world. We just want a moment with God, but it never turns into anything. We have a moment in a meeting like this where God just, boom. One sentence I'll say today, God will affect you by. And, And yet we take that and we don't do what God wants us to do with it. And I believe, here's my belief, is what a privilege it is to serve God and serve the church. What a privilege. I mean, if, if, the king, if the queen of England, sorry, king one day soon, but if the queen of England invited you to come and be a servant in the palace today, that would be considered by all humanity to be a great honor to go serve the, the queen's house, to serve in the courts of our queen. It would be any, in any society, anyone who got picked, any one of us today, it would be considered an honor. Why is it when we get called to lay down our lives and obey the call of God that we consider it like some sort of a drudgery that I've been called to serve? The King of kings and the Lord of lords. I want to go all the way with that. I want to say, God, every moment of my time is yours. My life is in your hand. And I want to be the sort of person that overcomes and knows how to have victory in my life and live for the power of God. So here's what I've brought as a little example for you today is this glove. I hope I got the right one because my hand wouldn't fit in the last one I had. But, um, but this glove, see, our lives are like this glove. Without God on the inside of it, Man, we're just flopping around like that. We we got no power. We got no nothing happening. And and when God hops inside us, when he says, I will live in you and I'll move in you and I'll have my being in you, and when he fits inside and, and our shape, we're made in the image of God. We are God's identity on earth. We're the extension of his hand and wherever we go, God just wants us to be his glove. He wants us to be, he wants to fit on the inside of us. And if we've got stuff in there, he can't get in. If there's stuff, obstacles, and all our ideas that are in the way, God can't be what he wants to be in our life. But I believe today that God wants to be everything he can be in your life. And I believe that every one of us can be the church today. And I realize that's a challenge because we do want to relax in our, I mean, we're in the Western world, which is easy. We're not in the Kurdish world where right now they're dying for their faith while we're able to lift our hands and praise God. And let's never take that for granted We need to live our lives like, God, this is the most privileged life we could ever live. God, I want you to hop on the inside of me. I want to be the most radical, on fire, Holy Spirit-filled, life-changing, pain-taking miracle on earth today. And And I just want to say across here, God wants every one of us to be 
the instrument in his hand that can bring change to the world. And that's my message to you today in a nutshell of let's be the church because we're always wanting the church to be the church. Billy Graham, when in 1945, just after the war, when Billy Graham was starting out, most of us are here today because of Billy Graham, anointed by God to bring an awakening across the earth. It's time now for a new awakening, guys. Hello. It's time now for a new awakening. I don't want to be slumbering at the wheel when God's got a task for us to do. I am an evangelist, but I will be passionate about what God wants us to do right now. And Billy Graham, and there was an argument at the time, and they said, this book's irrelevant. We're living in that day to day. Incidentally, for all of those that are here, if you're not reading this thing every single day, if you're not applying the truth of this book to your life and to your heart, if you're not getting down and praying and believing God every day that God would ignite his power, passion, and purpose in your life, you're missing out on the incredible plan and purpose that God just wants to fit his hand into your life and move you under his anointing and under his power. Billy Graham was faced with that. They told him this book's irrelevant. It's not, it, it's not necessarily even written by God any longer. It's a load of, it's, it's surfaced again in our season. In, 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 our, in our moment. And there are thousands now who are doubting this is the inspired word of the living God. Let me challenge you today as Billy Graham went before God. I challenge you to go before God and say, God, reveal it to me. Show it to me. And Billy Graham went before God and he said, God, I can't even preach. If this is not the inspired word of God, why would I even use it? And he, and he was challenged by God. If you haven't seen that documentary in the movie about Billy Graham, watch it, man. It'll inspire the heck out of you. It'll wake you up out of your slumber and cause you to be the church of God's timing right now because we are the church. And Billy Graham started getting into the Word, and then the power of the Holy Spirit began to reveal passages to him. And he went out and he preached the Word with power, signs and wonders, and millions across the earth surrendered their lives to Christ and became a part of the local church. In Melbourne, the biggest gathering that's ever happened in the MCG Stadium happened because Billy Graham turned up with the Word of the living God, friend. I want to tell you, it ain't over it ain't even halfway down. It's just starting. The church is growing at a radical, amazing rate across the world right now. I want you to be a part of it. I want to be a part of it. And I just want to stir your hearts today that you are the church. God bless you. That's my message for you this morning. And uh, please, please, please just don't make it a message day. Please do something with that message. Please go to prayer in God and say, God, open this up to me. Because each gives what he has to give. What do you got to give this morning? Just finish with this. What do you got to give? You know, I could give a whole lot out of my... I sat down with a Christian just this week, actually, who's suffering a lot of pain from their past and grief and loss in their life. And they shared with me all about their pain and their grief and their loss. And then there was another guy at the table and he said, how is it, Don? that you don't focus on your grief and loss, but you focus on the now, the moment, and what God's got in your future. And I said, simply because I allow the flow to go through me. I allow it to flow out of me because I realize that God has filled me with his power and I've got to give out of that. 
And sometimes it's easier to give out of our feelings, out of our circumstances, out of our pain, out of our disappointment. But can I just challenge you today? Let's lift our eyes and say, God, I want to be a person that has the flow of God going. Because each person will give what he has to give. So, Lord, fill me with the Holy Spirit and power. Just say it one more time. So, God, fill me with the Holy Spirit and power. Life's too short. Too many people are in great, great need. When the East German, when the East Berlin Wall was knocked down, just days before it was knocked down, some people in the, in the East came and they, just a couple of smart people, thought they would just make a mockery of what was about to happen. And they backed a truck up, two trucks actually, up to the East Berlin Wall and they tipped over two huge truckloads of rubbish. They used it as a rubbish dump and they said, here you are, we're going to dump our rubbish on your, on your parade. Some hotheads that were on the west side said, hey, we'll get them back. Let's take six truckloads of rubbish. And then someone got involved, a Christian got involved and said, hey, why wouldn't we give medical supplies and food instead of rubbish? So they loaded two huge trucks up with medical supplies and rubbish and they went and they tipped it over the wall onto their side and they pinned a note on the top of it that said, each one gives what he has to give. And the reality, what's ever flowing out of our hearts is what we've got to give. So what are we soaking in? So today as I close, today as I close, I want to ask you, friend, how filled up are we with the Holy Spirit? Because that's what Jesus said. He said, I'm going to, I'm going to build my church, but hey, go wait in Jerusalem and there'll be power that comes on you from on high, and you will be the answer to the whole, the whole earth. The whole earth. Not, not even just Ormo, the whole earth. Not even just the Gold Coast, the whole earth. And, and, and today, I believe there are people here that are called of God to influence your skills, your homes, your workplaces, your neighborhoods. And I believe that God's just waiting for somebody to say, God, here am I. Please fill me with your Holy Spirit. I want to go in the power today. And I want to be an overflow of your love. Amen? If that's you today, and I, and I don't want to get all the closing eyes things and all that, I'm just going to say, if that's you today and you're saying, God, I don't want to leave here today just with a few thoughts and a message. I want to stand and I want you to fill me with power right now. So I'm going to ask just in the last moments we've got, why don't you stand to your feet right now if you're saying, God, I want you to fill me with power that floods through my life so that I become the church in my world. I want to be the church in my... Man, there are too many... I've got a friend right now who's, who's probably won't... Well, the doctor's just told me he won't be here in three months with cancer. He's an amazing, amazing guy. And, and I've just been actually having a holiday for three days. And just seek in the face of God. And this is what God said to me. Are you serious? Because we've been praying for a miracle. And God said to me, are you serious about a miracle? Like, you know, we, we sort of, God, you know, bring a please bring a miracle and we pray. But God just said to me this week, I want you to go back. I want you to get the entire church to take an entire week of fasting and prayer and get right in the face of the devil and say, we're after a miracle here. And I'll tell you what. I believe it's time to get serious 
I, re I really do believe, I mean, I love life. I, I live loving life. I'm not, not one of those killjoys. I, I love life. But I'll tell you right now, let's get serious about the kingdom of God in our world right now for the broken, hurting people around us. And I'm, I'm honoured that you're all standing. I'm going to come down. I'm going to pray. We haven't got time to make an altar out of this. But I'm going to pray right now, right across this place, that the Holy Spirit would come in power and in majesty. And right where you're standing. And I'm going to ask you to do is just lift your hands because it's like, God, here I am. Here I am, God. And I want you to fill me. And I want you to say that today. Holy Spirit, fill me with your power and your love. Just say that, would you please? Just one, two, three. Holy Spirit, fill me with your power and your love. And then let's, let's add to that and say, I want to be the answer. Come on, one, two, three. I want to be the answer to the world I live in. I want to bring healing and restoration to my broken world. God, I offer myself as a living vessel. And I ask you to fill me. Put your hand on the inside of me and cause me to be an extension of your hand. In Jesus' name, I receive it now. Amen. Amen. All over this meeting right now, friend, whoever you are, wherever you're at, maybe here today and you're not a Christian, maybe here today and you've heard me talk and thought, wow. But I want to say this to you, that God loves you more than you could ever imagine. So much so that he actually allowed his son Jesus to take the penalty for every sin we ever did. And Jesus hung on the cross so you and I could be totally free of all sin. And if you're here today and you're like, Don, I don't even know if I'm right with God. I, I, I prayed that prayer. I believe God could use me, but I don't know if I'm, I don't know if I fit the mold. I don't know if I'm good enough. Well, here's the reality, friend. Right now, all you have to do is say, Jesus, Forgive me for my sin. And the Bible says that you will be washed as white as snow and you get a brand new start. So right across this place, if that's where you're at, while we're standing and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, and maybe you've been attending this church for a while, and maybe you've just been a part of it, but today I'd like to give you the opportunity right where you are, right where you're standing, just to put your hand on your heart and say, Jesus, forgive me for my sin, for my attitude, for my thoughts, for my ignoring your plan for my life. And today, I want to start afresh. And I let you come into my life right now. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Can we just give them a praise right there? I just feel the presence of God all over this place right now. Just give them a praise. Just give them a praise in your own way.